this app is really built for high functioning, multidimensional women that pride themselves on productivity, enjoy being productive. But a lot of times that's coming at the sacrifice of their own well-being because it frankly feels on some level and it is to be incredibly productive. But when you really check in with your body and your mind, it's really hard to shut off. And the moment there is stillness, these women freak out because if I'm not productive, then am I worthy? You thought it, but we said it. I'm Alexis, a certified leadership and life coach, certified postpartum doula, sourdough educator, CrossFit level one trainer, birth fit coach, a beauty counter brand advocate, and a mom to two kids. And I'm Sam, a certified and licensed therapist and mental health first aid trainer in a nine to five-ish job, along with also being a beauty counter brand advocate, in addition to being a new mom and open IVF storyteller. We consider ourselves to be walking balancing acts and fellow mindset shift mavens. Perspectively Yours is our platform where we dive headfirst into conversations on topics that can make or break us. We speak to women about the things we often think but don't say out loud and how we can shift our perspectives around them to build our resilience and normalize our experiences. This is for the woman who wants a full plate and a full cup without burning out. We're sharing our stories and inviting others to the table to provide insight on cultivating resilience, shifting your perspective, and moving forward. So let's spill the tea and get started. Hello, my friend. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's been so long since we've gotten to get on and chat. I know it's been a very busy holiday for us. It's now past Christmas for everybody who is listening. And we had like six Christmases in a matter of two weeks. So we've been in overdrive over here. Oh my gosh. That's like totally opposite of what we ended up doing for the holidays because we've been traveling and we did like a teeny tiny Christmas and that was it. We went to Legoland for Christmas Eve. So it was just the most non-traditional Christmas we've ever had. Yeah, but I feel like that slower pace is really what I'm needing at this point in life. I think 2024, I've talked about like having a word and I can never decide on one word or two. So we have two. It's invest and intentional. Mm. And I need to be a lot more intentional with my time, which is actually going to require me to slow down. Yeah, it's funny because we haven't really talked that much over the last couple of weeks and like headed into the new year. But I think we're both kind of on the same page. We've both been hustling our buns off lately and we're both like ready to be more intentional with our time. Yeah, which is actually the perfect segue into our guest today, um, Shauna Van Bogart, who has built the pause to lead women back home to themselves. Her journey began as a personal branding and image consultant and continued on through the creation and rescue of numerous female-led businesses and nonprofits supported by her master's in communication and leadership and her passion for technology. A desire to help women at a much deeper, more personal level led Shauna to obtain her license in and develop her practice of clinical hypnotherapy. During this time, she also embraced the intuitive gifts that have guided, supported, and even scared her since she was a child, gifts that would eventually inform remote readings her clients have described as life-changing, mind-blowing, and disruptive in all the right ways. 
In 2020, Shauna mined the wisdom and knowledge she gained from 15 plus years in business, leadership, coaching, and personal development to create the para technique, an inner transformation modality now used by professional coaches and therapists across North America to catalyze rapid, sustainable, positive change. Para is the foundational platform of the pause, and Shauna is the reason for this podcast. So welcome, Shauna. Hello. Welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So we have so much to talk to you about today because you have this program, The Pause, that we really want to dive into. And so I was hoping, we were hoping that you could maybe start, we gave a little bit of, a, of an intro into your background and experience, but can we start at the beginning of your background and experience just to give listeners who maybe who aren't as familiar with you um, some like info and inside scoop as to who you are and what you've done? Um, absolutely. It's always a question of what beginning, how far back do you want me to go? I guess the the true beginning in terms of career was an image consulting business that I started when I was 22. I had a natural innate interest in helping people use their built-in tools like behavior and communication and body language and the clothes that they wear and show them how to use those things to get what they want. So acing the interview or um, getting the sales, um, helping customer service reps present the best first impression. And from there, I just kept going deeper and deeper. It just is so in me to like keep going, like what really creates sustainable transformation within people. And one of the things that I realized, and this is, you know, of course, with any surface level tool like clothing or body language, you can make all those changes on the surface. But if there's not an internal shift along with that, then a lot of times those changes are very short lived. So that just really kept taking me deeper. I've had several iterations of businesses and platforms underneath this umbrella of transformation. That's what led me to the core of our inner identity, which is the subconscious system and, you know, the hypnotherapy certification. And now I'm really at a period of trying to take everything from the past 15 years and streamline it and offer it in ways that make the most sense at this season of my career in life. So one of the things I first think when I hear about the image image consulting business is that you had to have already known on some deep level how people have this inner ability to become who they're meant to be in the way that they present themselves. And I'm curious, what was that inner knowing, even at surface level, right? There's something already deeper there. Mm -hmm. What was that inclination? Um, I think that was personal experience growing up. I was in the 4-H program. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It was similar to, I guess, Girl Scouts. It was like the alternative option. Um, and the emphasis of the 4-H program for youth is about leadership. And so every summer you would prepare these projects that you would show at the fair uh, a lot of people know it as a livestock program, but 4-H really involved really any interest that you had. And so I was reading etiquette books as a child because I found them fascinating. <laughs> um, I really loved the idea of organizing your closet and accessorizing. And so every year, one of the projects that I did was demonstration. And for me, giving these demonstrations as like a 10, 12, 15-year-old every year on some topic of professional development 
I could see my own changes as I started to hone my public speaking skills and I started to wear certain things. I could see the direct feedback that I would get. I was put into positions where I was being met. I was meeting judges every summer that were giving constructive criticism um, since I was seven as part of this program. And so I have to say 4-H probably was a major contributor to understanding that. But it was just obvious to me that I could do certain things with my body or my wardrobe or use certain words and I could get certain reactions. That level of self-awareness actually marries the intuitive component really, really well because you're able to so clearly tune into who you are and what your feelings are to be able to then act on them and how I'm going to get what I want. Is that, am I reading that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you know, as a child, a lot of that ended up being very shape-shifting, which later I would have to resolve, you know, so it, it turned into me just becoming what I thought people wanted me to be, right? And so I had to later reconcile that. But I think for a long time, I did chalk it up to, oh, I'm just an incredibly aware person. When there were some other things going on that are not just awareness, things that I would know or just energy that I would pick up on within people or just feeling a crowd and kind of knowing what's going on within the dynamics of a person or that crowd, like that's not just awareness. (laughs) So um, I didn't really understand that until my 30s. What was the experience that taught you that it's not just self-awareness? What was that indicator? It was not one thing. Now, kind of in my like private personal life with friends that knew me best, I and they knew me as someone who was quite intuitive and I would be the go-to person for just different things. Like, what's your feel? What's your hunch on this? And I would give it to them. But it was sort of this thing that I played with. It was not anything I took very seriously. And for me, because I've always been that way, I just thought, well, everyone can do this, right? Later, when I met a colleague, Sarah Ashman, who has been in my circle for many, many years and has followed a very similar path as, as I have, she started to say and ask questions of me like, how do you think you know that? Like in a way to help me validate and foster that awareness of the intuition. And when you get asked something like, how do you think you know that? And you pause and you sit with that and you go, I don't really know. I just sense it. So having someone who also was quite intuitive in my back pocket to have a safe place to have these conversations and to kind of get out there and and say the scary things to own, you know, I think I have something like I think I have a gift. I think I have a knowing I think I have this was really, really imperative. And the moment that I had someone else in my corner who saw me in that way and helped validate it, it feels like things rapidly accelerated from there. When I was browsing, refreshing on your bio recent or on Instagram, and it says that you were a reluctant intuitive, like what was that like? from the growing up standpoint of like kind of noticing that 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 was there, but not really. I mean, where was the reluctance? What was that like growing up with those gifts that you were experiencing? Well, I think that academics and education was always prided Mm. and the practicality of being intelligent. It was really important to me to be intelligent. And for whatever reason, I put that at odds with being intuitive because you know, in a lot of ways, being intuitive is is easy. It's the easy button. And so I can't back a lot of what I know and say and do in readings with people up with 
any evidence. And that's really the uh, the biggest leap that I've had to make is just being okay with that. Because however it comes across, and Samantha, you've been on the other side of it, receiving side of it, like, I don't need to know, but you know. And so um, I think that it it just was the prioritization of intelligence and the the sort of like left brain dominant culture that really just overshadowed my ability to own it. And I just was so identified in my value with being an intelligent, smart businesswoman that owning this side of it. And then when you think about the stereotype of words associated with intuitive, like psychic and all of that, I was like, I don't want anything to do with that because I don't look like that. I think that it's going to discredit me. I've worked so hard to build up this reputation. And so I really put it at odds. Mm-hmm. Really, it should be about the whole system. It's not giving up the intelligence. It's marrying these two things together. Mm-hmm. What was that mindset shift like to really f- be able to integrate the two then? Was it something that you feel like happened pretty quickly no. once you decided to accept it? Or was it like such an ongoing long-term process to come it's to her? Yeah, it's still it's still unfolding because um, even now, I mean, I'm pretty out there and I still can feel a little bit of separation in my identity, just kind of protecting me a little bit, even though I'm taking the action to put myself out there. Um, there's still that old part of me that that fears it and it and it's beyond any experience I can point to in the past. You know, there there's not been I to my knowledge that I can remember any time where I've been put down or invalidated for this gift. People have been incredibly supportive and fascinated. So I have no reason to be in such reluctance. But I do think collectively as women and as a culture, it is just weird and odd. And I think that that's gone on for centuries. And so I think we carry that sensitivity within our DNA. And I think that that's mainly the big part of it. So it's it's still unfolding. Um, it frankly just got too painful to ignore it. Mm. It's like that cliche adage of, you know, it, it just becomes too painful not to be who you are. And for me in business, it was like, I'm doing all of this post conversion. Like once someone signed on with me as a client, no problem, like stepping fully into it. And I was always using it within my actual service. But as far as marketing it on the front end, it was like, well, no, we don't talk about that on the front end. They can just kind of like sign up and then we'll just let things unfold, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it was, it's not, it's, it's not an overnight thing. It's something I now train and help other women step into. And you've got to have a tremendous amount of patience and understanding and awareness of where you're feeling that hesitation and just have some compassion for yourself that it is a big deal to to own it. And I don't think it's going to happen overnight for most people because there's a lot of like, I mean, what is my husband going to think? What is mm-hmm. my family going to think? You know, so there's, there's a lot of head talk. I first think about like the, the tug of war in, in my brain going to, I, I need the proof, the proof as to why I feel this yeah. way. And yeah. As someone, and I don't think I have maybe your level of knowing, but I've always had a level of knowing. And my mom has a level of knowing. We called it like the sixth sense, or my friend would call it like being witchy, of just having this intuition about things that you don't have 
the answers for the the proof to back it up. And even as a therapist, you know, I went to school to be a therapist, but to be quite honest, aside from a few tactics here and there and and technical skills, I went off of my gut when I was working with people. And that was really what I leaned into. And I know um, sometimes the the language around a medium or a psychic can be very sensitive and make people feel like they're crazy or out of touch with reality. But I have a friend, Jamie, who she had a, a traumatic brain injury and she developed or really was able to fine tune these gifts because the way that she explains them is they're like on a spectrum that we all have. And it's a matter of mm-hmm. flexing that muscle, which we talk about a lot into accepting that we all have this. It's a matter of listening to it and trusting it. And the mm-hmm. only way to do that is to practice it more. So I wonder is the acceptance of I need to use this and market it because when you were talking about that, you let people kind of absorb it on the back end rather than on the front end. It is such a beautiful thing to think I'm entering into a conversation with someone knowing fully ahead of time that they have this ability to see me in a way that maybe I don't see myself. So is that where the pause came from is like being able to now market this on the front end? Um, a little bit. The pause really stemmed from a piece and a facet of this conversation, which is that I do believe that that everyone has the ability to be intuitive. I do believe, as your friend said, it's it's definitely on a spectrum. And I do believe the more that you tap into it and practice it, wow, like other gifts and layers of those gifts can turn on. After doing hundreds of photo readings um, over the past four to six months, I mean, I have the craziest stories um, it's, it's wildly fascinating and interesting. And now I'm starting to feel and sense things on totally other levels. And one of the things, you know, in, in the coaching industry that I've noticed over the past couple of years, as more and more people enter the coaching market, and it's becoming such a very large um, career, particularly in the United States, that what I think is going to be increasingly important is people being able to self-coach and have that discernment. I don't think coaching's going anywhere. It's it's amazing, obviously. But I do think in a culture of having this at your fingertips, your iPhone, and having so many influencers and experts, we have lost the ability to trust our inner authority. And so the facet of this is, sure, I'm a shortcut as an intuitive. However, I do think it's incredibly important that even if you do have someone in your back pocket, you know how to ground into that inner discernment that in that inner authority of yours. And you can only do that when you take a pause, whether that's from productivity or the hustle or the vision that you've been chasing and just kind of check in, in the various ways that you can take a pause. So tell us what entails the pause, what comes with the pause? So the pause is a membership platform. It's built on an app for convenience. And the entire thing is on demand. So there's sort of three main components to it. There's the power pauses, which are 30 minute or less self coaching sessions that you can guide yourself through for various things. There's the mini pauses, which are these five to seven minute on demand. Uh, It's kind of my mashup between a hypnosis track and a guided meditation, but they're very targeted. So like um, if you're overstimulated by your kids touching you, we've got a five minute track for that. So just a brief pause to reset, come back, take that breath, and then remember who you want to be moving forward. Uh, And then we have performance flows. So those are more forward focused kind of programs, longer uh, hypnosis tracks to really prime your mind for success 
that also has an ingredient of relaxation and calm with it. Because this app is really built for high-functioning, multidimensional women that, um, and again, I'm, I'm like my own muse here, that pride themselves on productivity, enjoy being productive, but a lot of times that's coming at the sacrifice of their own well-being. Because it frankly feels on some level, and it is, to be incredibly productive, but when you really check in with your body and your mind, it's really hard to shut off. And the moment there is stillness, these women freak out because if I'm not productive, then am I worthy? So when do we start? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it is available now. Get Getthepause.com. And it was really important for me to take my own kind of hiatus from my own work and step back and really ask myself, you know, as a user how ideally do I want this set up? You know, and I've, I've run, I've been in coaching for 15 years. Um, I've had my own platform. Everything's been online. I've never had anything built in an app. And so the convenience of just being able to go right in there, grab whatever track you need, do something for five minutes, do something for 30 minutes. And just that power of allowing yourself to experience your experience, like to, to actually honor not only what's happening with your kids or your spouse or with work, because women have no problem like meeting the circumstance, I find. Mm -hmm. It's actually allowing what's happening on the inside, like allowing their own experience to occur. And if you skip over that and you keep skipping over that, you know as well as I do that that's going to pile up and you're going to have to deal with it later. So why not honor your experience as you're going? And really, it's about tapping into a flow state. So when someone's in the flow state, what happens? Well, it's the sense of knowing. Some might call it intuition. I just call it your knowing that you carry with you wherever. And so what it feels like is being able to make decisions, to pivot, to know ahead of time if, you know, something's run its course and you have to set it down and it's time for something new. So you've got to make space. But it's just this confidence and this sense of I can be right here. And it's totally safe. And you're not getting swept up into the comparison of the numbers or what everyone else is doing or the industry standards. And you're really following your own inner compass. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not seeking outside help. But there's, again, this discernment to know who do I need to reach out to? What kind of support do I need at any given time? And it's just kind of you standing still and this universe is kind of spiraling around you and you just have this groundedness to you where you, you know where you're headed, or maybe you don't know where you're headed. But either way, you just feel like I'm here and I'm good. I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other and I trust myself. Sounds like my therapy session this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how do you support people who struggle so much with listening to that intuition? Because I, I will just use myself. That is something like you just push it down as much as possible. This is my, this is my path. This is what I'm doing. Any other like little voices that are going on in my head about this doesn't really feel right. I really don't think that this is a good fit for me. And just pushing down all the voices. How do you help people to really tap into that? Listen, Pause. like start to listen. Yeah. Like yeah. how do you well, help them it. start yeah. listening and, and trusting themselves? You know, this was really it. This was like creating this platform was really it. Because the thing is, this isn't a single lightning bolt coaching session that changes that. This is a muscle that you work and it is a habit that you cultivate. 
and you use it or you lose it. And, you know, it's not like you arrive and then you're good and you can coast. It is continual and consistent tapping in and learning. And, and, and really, it's about developing a really good relationship with yourself. Because part of unraveling intuition is, first of all, understanding what's not actually intuition. And that takes time because we have so many aspects of ourselves. We have this fascinating, deeply complex, yet simple, in a lot of ways, subconscious system that is very convincing and very sophisticated. And it can sound like intuition. And the only way to discern when something is actually fear based, and a lot of times it doesn't feel like fear, it feels like the right thing to be doing, mm-hmm. and intuition is just like, trial and error, trial and error and working the muscle and look, being able to look back and be like, you know what, that wasn't intuition. That was actually fear talking and keeping me safe. So, you know, I've coached and done, you know, every which way of offering coaching that for me, it was like, I really want to help women listen better to themselves. You know, I will still offer variations of coaching, but I think this next season for our culture is really about women building that muscle. And so it's not a one-time thing. Now, the modality that I created, Para, which we haven't talked about yet, is, is kind of the, the mechanics of all of the programs that sit underneath this pause membership. It's a modality, um, a therapeutic, a mindset modality. It's also a mind-body somatic modality that helps people do this. And so para as the tool is what this is actually engineered from and built on. And that tool gets really amazing results with people for so many reasons and because of the way that it's built. But that tool is a mental hygiene tool that's meant to be used on a daily basis to help build this this relationship with yourself. That's actually what I was going to ask you about next was para. So I had... um... I had done your program and it's actually still in the works because I have not finished it yet, but the mind over matter where, where para is introduced mm-hmm. and as a therapist, I'm like, why haven't therapists talked about this? Mm-hmm. Why isn't this something? And because it's, it's similar in some ways to cognitive behavioral therapy, right? To CBT, yep. but CBT has never really resonated well with me because in that moment of needing to change your thought, because the way CBT works for anyone who's not familiar is your behaviors are based on your feelings, which are based on your thoughts. When you change your thought, you change your feeling, which therefore changes your behavior. It's easier said than done, which is why I've struggled with it. I mean, if I've had people use visualization and vision a stop sign. Yeah, go screw your stop sign is really what I'm saying in that moment. Like I can't access those tools when my parasympathetic nervous system is completely out of whack. And I actually yeah. had asked you this previously, like is power yeah. short for parasympathetic nervous system? And I don't, I, I don't think it was necessarily, but they do work very similarly in like yeah. resetting yourself, right. And in, in being yep. able to like re-regulate and self-regulate. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, it, it did work out really nicely that it is short for parasympathetic <laughs> because that's really what it does. It's like, it started as a tool for reactiveness 
and being able to like, okay, I'm being reactive right now. I'm like triggered, whatever, and then how to turn those triggers into an intentional response. But then people were using it for all these other things. Um, and then in this past year, because it deserves this, I only know the coaching industry and the hypnotherapy industry. But um, I reached out to a to a, a clinical psychologist out of California who put her eyes on it, and she's really helped me vet it with all of the other you know therapeutic and psychology tools like CBT and DBT and all of these things. So I know where it lands amidst all these other frameworks. And there's really not anything out there as simple and as concise as para these four steps. And the, the thing that makes it really important is the acceptance piece. The first part is, of course, the pause. It all starts with a pause. And then the second piece of it is accepting. And that's where you really sit with and experience the internal reactions and, and world that's occurring. And most people don't do that. We're very quick to just high road, think positive, let's get the reframe, which are all beautiful and necessary. But it's really difficult for reframes to stick when you haven't honored. And a lot of times when we haven't honored and we're not listening and we're not paying attention to all of the communication that's happening below the neck, we are reframing something that's not actually the, the core problem. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't take much, but it does take some guidance. And because we're just out of practice of, of allowing ourselves to feel our emotions for so many reasons, and I'm so glad to see our culture really, especially over the past five years, like we're becoming a feelings and emotional intelligent culture. We're, we're starting to finally like pride and value that. But it, it's so important when we have something that allows us to have that relationship for ourselves where we hold our own space. And it, it really, it doesn't take much, but it does take that pause and that discomfort to sit with the feelings and allow yourself to experience whatever's coming up. And that takes some guidance. That's what we talk about quite a bit is not being able to sit with the discomfort. And honestly, that's my biggest problem with CBT is yeah. that feel feelings overall can be irrational. It's the nature of feelings. But yeah. CBT, in my opinion, undermines feelings because it doesn't allow you the opportunity to accept them and validate them before yeah. making the shift, which is why my approach has always been very much person-centered, but you still need a tool to be able to help move you forward. And I think that that's where the pause comes in and being able to self-regulate and actually get comfortable sitting with that discomfort before you make a move. We actually talked about that in our, in our goals for 2024 in how people jump into the next best thing before thinking about what it is that I really need to sit with before I make a move. Yeah. And I, I think anything motivated out of fear, which if we avoid the feelings becomes, you know, sort of running forward while we're looking over our shoulder and anything like that is unsustainable. You know, Can you it, it may, you may accomplish things like fear is a motivator, man, like fear will get you down the road, but it will not get you, I believe to that actual end goal at some point it's sort of making peace with your humanness, knowing that if I have a meltdown, it says nothing about my ability to be loved and to love myself or whatever. And I think that that, that appreciation and that self-acceptance is such a foundation that provides so much capacity and motivation on levels that without it, you just, you wouldn't have. Yeah. It, it doesn't stick unless you have nothing you do moving forward will stick 
unless you've accepted what is currently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you share with everyone a little bit about what's the difference between, because you've talked about it in, in bits and pieces, the intuition and discerning that from fear or guilt or shame or expectations. Can you talk a little bit about what intuition is versus what it isn't? Hmm. Good question. Uh, how can I put what intuition is versus what it isn't? Um, well, intuition in, I guess, from my definition of the question that you're asking me is your internal guidance system that's coming from the whole self. We have many parts of ourselves that have their own opinions and ways of doing things and own belief systems. And that would not be intuition, although it can sound like that, you know? So for me, early on, it would look like I'm going to go this direction with my business, which is based on uh, traditional entrepreneurship. And it's very masculine and it's very like, you know, left brain dominant and it feels right. Like this feels right. And that really is just me staying comfortable because the other fork in the road was me doing something that was a little bit out there in a way that no one else is doing. And that just felt in my body like, but I would take that uh, feeling or sensation in my body as like, oh, that's bad. That, that, that feels like a constriction. So that that's not intuition. And I think sometimes people think intuition always feels good. And that's where the mix up happens. And intuition really as an internal guidance system, I have to say a lot of times following that intuition is highly uncomfortable, but there's just this, this, and I, I think that it's, uh, a much quieter voice than people want to give it credit, credit for. Um, it's quiet. It's very subtle. It, it tends to be underneath a lot of layers and it will, I find always redirect you back to it. <laughs> You know, so you can keep going. And I did. I kept going. But then I would hit the same wall and the same wall and the same wall, you know, in terms of sensation or feeling. It maybe looked different, but it was the same. So I don't know if I'm really answering your question. It's hard to put that into words, but that's how I experience it. I would consider it like the download that happens in the shower when I'm not really thinking about something else. And all of a sudden it's like out of nowhere, like why did that thought pop into my head? It wasn't anything leading up to it. It's almost like back to the actual pause where my brain allowed me to say, let's think about this from a different perspective. It's like, it was the subconscious now just like gently pushing its way up to the surface. I would agree with that. I think that one ingredient that has to be there for intuition to be heard is space. And so a lot of times in the shower, you know, we're not, well, first of all, there's a, there's a lot of science behind that. We're regulated in a certain way. We're relaxed in a certain way. We've got different systems of our brain turned on. It's a creative part of our brain. It's a right, right part of our brain. And again, for the most part, we don't tap into that as a tool because we're so left brain dominant as a culture. So when there's space, which means we have to shut off the doing. And we have to shut off the productivity and we have to shut off the task list and all of that. That space affords us the creativity to kind of think outside the box and those ideas can wander in. But I also find that very um, tangibly as well. Whenever I'm up against some resistance to something, um, and it happened recently with this pause platform, I kept hitting the same resistance. And I'm like, what is this? And I at first was kind of ignoring it. And then I was like, okay, there is something here that I need to see. And so I followed my own pause. I followed my own, my own flow, my own framework. I got quiet. I like listened to what was happening. And there was a voice inside of me that was saying, I don't like this aspect of it. 
And because I wasn't providing myself the space to listen to myself, because I was so focused on get it out, get it out, ship it, get it out, I was totally overlooking it. And it didn't take much. It just took like, okay, you need to sit down and not think about it. You need to feel about it. And once I allowed myself to feel about it, it was immediate. It was like, yeah, I don't want this aspect of it. It feels like a drag to me. And the moment that I listened to that and I allowed myself to shift it, all of the momentum naturally came back. And that's what's so beautiful is that it's not hard to be motivated. I think we've made it hard to be motivated. And there's so many books out there about like being motivated. But I find when you really are in tune with yourself and you have that kind of relationship and you're listening, it's not hard to be motivated. It's frankly very natural. That's so interesting because we've we've talked about motivation versus discipline, right? And I think we get caught up in that we need the discipline, right? Because motivation can be fleeting. But what you're saying is that motivation is fleeting because we're not necessarily in alignment with ourselves. Yeah. That's what I have experienced not only in myself, but in my clients. And it's like once you can clear that pathway, usually there's things or elements in the mix that either are not for them, not for them at this time, or just someone else's agenda that they have unknowingly brought into the mix. And when you get clarity on what's for you during this specific time, and I would call that alignment, it's pretty easy to be like, okay, yes, that feels good. And that's flow. That's what I would call flow. I have two questions, one not related to one another, but the first one is you talked about you had a a practitioner, a clinical practitioner in California, take a look at the pause. Are there plans for this to become a a clinical tool, you know, within the textbooks of counseling education programs and worlds of as a technique? Um, Well, right now with Para, um, we had our first round of uh, certification participants come through in the fall. So you, as any kind of practitioner that's in the field of helping people, we had therapists, we had coaches, we had people that specialize with people with ADHD, we had educators get certified in this first round. I do plan on seeing that through because I'm just getting too much feedback to ignore it. And uh, having her through the therapeutic lens and the psychology lens really show me where this is positioned among the other modalities was so incredibly validating because there was a lot of imposter syndrome. I mean, I know people really well have worked in professional development for 15 years, but I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't have that education. And a lot of people would say, but Shauna, you have all this other whatever. And I'm like, yes, but if I'm going to take this where I want to take it and I'm getting other therapists signing up, I need to vet this properly. Uh, I'm meeting with another psychologist later today to get his opinion on it. And so we are, um, we will be doing certifications twice a year And from there, I have this whole arsenal of amazing practitioners that are taking it into education systems. They're already working with students on it. And for me, like, that's what really gets me choked up is like, this tool that I created is now I had a woman tell me who got certified that that she taught her daughter para, and then her daughter was teaching it to one of her friends on the playground. And how beautiful that is for children to have a tool to listen honor their feelings, regulate, and then decide who they want to be moving forward. And to be able to share, like they're sharing it on the playground is just like, oh my gosh, like the power of something like this. So it feels so big to me. And I try not to allow myself to go to a bigger vision because it frankly 
overwhelms me. So right now, all I know is we're starting up the next round of certification. I'm going to keep putting it in the hands of people who can vet it. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, I think it's absolutely beautiful that one, children are using it on the playground because instead of becoming dysregulated adults, we'll start out teaching them how to actually access their feelings as kids. But yeah. even as a clinician, I I would love having this in my toolbox. And I also just want to put it out there because I had a very um, non-traditional way to ending up in, in my career. So I am a, a licensed therapist, but I, I work in a corporate nine to five job as a behavioral clinical advisor. And people always ask me, how the heck did you end up in this role starting out as actually someone who didn't want to be a therapist or a school counselor, both of which I was and yeah. somewhat am. And so not having that traditional way of getting from point A to point B, you can start at any point. And look, and then this is what I want people to know is just because you may not have that experience or this background or this education doesn't mean that you can't breadcrumb your way to where you are supposed to end up. And this is so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is so crazy because Alexis and I had this conversation last night about another episode about breadcrumbing, about how to kind of navigate your way in bits and pieces to getting where you're supposed to be, even if it's not where you start. And so yeah. this is just a beautiful tribute to that. And my next question for you, as I'm like trying to get back on my train of thought here, oh, was about, can you tell us a little bit more about, because I know that it's kind of like a mashup you said of hypnotherapy and... What am I missing? Meditation. 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 Yeah. Can you talk about the benefits of the hypnotherapy? Because I've used Shauna's hypnotherapy tracks. Like I sleep to them and I swear it has changed my life. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so curious about the difference between hypnotherapy and meditation. Like what is is the difference there? Uh, The simplest way to explain it is that hypnotherapy is like meditation, but with a goal for some kind of behavioral or identity change. Hypnotherapy is um, really well-versed in in like the addiction and what do I want to say? Like fear-based issues, like phobias. There we go. I don't do that that kind of work. That's not my specialty. But um, anything that is really disruptive in your life, frankly, even if you're partner snores and it keeps you up at night, you know, hypnosis for snoring, hypnosis for smoking cessation, things like that. Um, For me, I got into it because I was dealing with women with these, you know, really deep seated self worth challenges, who were high functioning, highly productive women, but there is these like deep seated beliefs that were really hard to shift. And as Samantha has said a few times, like you can't think your way differently. A lot of times this stuff has to be changed on a level. And a lot of times, that's why they call it the subconscious. There's stuff playing out that you're not even aware of these blind spots. And we know that trauma, we know that PTSD lives in the body. And so hypnotherapy is really effective in that it is below the neck. You are dropped into a certain state similar to meditation of relaxation and a certain brainwave state where you can allow the subconscious to be heard and kind of opened up and it's malleable to change. So for me, what I um, have realized over the years is traditionally when you do recorded tracks like Samantha's talking about, that's not personalized hypnotherapy. That's me saying, you know what, there's a lot of people that deal with this. I don't know which ones you've listened to, Samantha, but like I have one on sales, like confidence selling. And you traditionally record like a 20, 25 minute track. And those are a little bit more meaty, I guess you could say. What I found is like, people need something on the go. I don't need something super in depth. I don't have 20, 25 minutes, 
but I just need to be able to realign, come back to it within like five to seven minutes. So I started experimenting with my audience on shorter tracks and they were seemingly just as effective. So you may not be getting down to the same levels, but what's really important for me is I'm looking for people to be at an active, awake brain state, but also relaxed at the same time. And I can do that in five to seven minutes. And so I've sort of mashed up this concept of, okay, you're going to meditate, but there's a goal in mind. And the goal for the tracks that are in the pause app are for, again, we have 30 plus tracks and we add to it every month. These very targeted things that come up for everyday people that just take you off course. You know, you're freaking out over running late. Um, your kids are overstimulating. You got in a fight with your partner. Anything that pulls you into a headspace where it's now distracting you from your day, we've got a track for it. So as we're coming to a close here, is the pause available for, um, you're, you're saying for practitioners to actually become certified, but also is it available for, for those who just want to learn the fundamentals of the pause? Like who is, who is the pause for? Yeah. So the pause is for anyone. The pause is the mainstream product that's for, it's marketed towards women. Um, it's also, I would say not predominantly geared, but it's heavily geared towards moms. Um, and then if you are interested in the para technique after hearing this conversation, para.training is where you can find information on the para practitioner certification that's there. So the pause is sort of, that was my evolution from everything that I've, that I've gained and garnered in wisdom through coaching and streamlining it into a mainstream product versus having a whole offering suite of coaching products. Excellent. And where can our listeners find you? I'm Shauna Van Bogart all over the web. Instagram's predominantly my hangout. Uh, Getthepause.com is where you can join that membership and get access to all of the beautiful self-coaching tools. If you're a, you're a busy woman that knows you could center more and ground more in your life. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, para.training for those uh, practitioners or clinicians who are interested in getting certified. Excellent. Do you have any last thoughts or Alexis, any last questions? No, this has been really lovely. I loved hearing all of your story and everything that you're providing to the world. And I just, I'm so excited about the practitioner work that you're doing and to be able to share these tools with people because especially with kids. I mean, we're all adults, like realizing that we don't know how to feel feelings and working through what that's like. And I think that it's how great to have kids who will just know from the get go how to how to do that. I know. I mean, think about how many people, including ourselves, you know, are running around as 40 year olds. But a lot of times we have these 15 year old parts of us mm -hmm. driving us. Mm -hmm. And we know it on some level, and we don't want to look at it. We want to but it, we're human. This is how it goes. And it's not about perfectionism. It's not about, okay, I'm going to get myself totally cleaned up and purified. Actually, it's the opposite. It's, it's, it's having that self-appreciation and understanding to know that like, like, this is life. Stuff happens, stuff's going to happen. And it's just about being uh, well-equipped and well-resourced and also so in tune with yourself that you know, no matter what happens, you've got your own back. I love that. That's what I say all the time. I say, you know, regardless of what happens, I know I'll get through it. Like I know I'll be able to handle it. And I think for me, I have embraced the messy, but I want to embrace the messy with 
feeling less guilt and shame around it. And instead know the tools to help get myself back on track so that I am leading by example for my son and not screaming my head off when my husband pisses me off. (laughs) I just want to say really quick, because you touched on that, and I don't want to open up a can of worms on that. But see, that's, that's the thing is like, so many of us are, you know, stepping into therapy and all that, but I find it's through a task oriented mentality. And so they're like, you know, embracing the messy, but almost as like a task on the to-do list. And then they still have this guilt and shame and self-talk that's really negative layered on top of it. And that's not what we're talking about, right? Like, and so I think self-help has become something to do. And we really have to understand that the self-talk that goes along with that needs to be in alignment. Otherwise, it's just a task-oriented thing. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This has been amazing. Thank you so much, Shauna, for coming on and talking with us. I know everyone's going to love every single second of it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I will be on the pause website. Yeah. Check it out. Me too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I get to go check it out. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice or mental health services. If you are in a mental health crisis, please call the Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988 or 911. Did today's episode of Perspectively Yours hit the spot? It would mean the world to us if you'd show us some love with these three effortless ways to help your fave podcast thrive. First up, the most important, never miss an episode by following or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Just head over to our show page, tap the plus sign and select follow. Next, leave us a shiny five-star rating and review on your podcast platform. Your feedback helps us make each episode better and better. Last but not least, share your favorite episode with a friend. The power of word of mouth is undeniable, and we would be over the moon if you spread the love about Perspectively Yours. Before we let you go, here's a fun fact. We met through Beauty Counter, our favorite clean beauty brand, and are both brand advocates. If you've been looking for safer products that actually give you results, you can get 20% off your first purchase with the code CLEANFORALL20. Don't forget to follow us each on Instagram at Ms. underscore Samantha Kehoe and Alexis dot the nourished beginnings. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources we mentioned. Thank you for being here. We are grateful for your support and love. Mm-hmm.